Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Disney, and the show is Evolve. And today my special guest is Dr. Jacob Lieberman, who is a pioneer in the field of light, vision, and consciousness. He's the author of the new book called Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living, and Light, Medicine of the Future, Take Off Your Glasses and See, and Wisdom from an Empty Mind. Uh, he's, been a tra- he's a trained optometrist and vision scientist, and uh, he had a m- miraculous healing of his own eyesight uh, in 1976. So I just want to say a, a big welcome to you, Dr. Lieberman. It's just such a pleasure to talk to you. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure to be with you today on this uh, sunny day in California. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it's terrific, and I'm happy to be here and, and glad that we could do this today. Yeah. So um, you had read the words of Jonathan Swift, Swift, real vision is the ability to see the invisible, uh, and it seems like it's the basis of a lot of your work. Could, could you talk about that a little bit and how your own eyesight was impacted um, in the story of how you got into all of this? Um, first of all, I, uh, well, I'll, I'll do it in reverse, uh, since, uh, my eyesight was impacted 42 years ago, and I should tell your listeners that my vision has remained stable for that 42-year period, so I've never used glasses since that experience in 1976, and I'm 70 years old, Uh and I don't use glasses for distance or for reading, so... Let me just preface it by saying that this change that occurred instantaneously without any effort whatsoever um, has lasted. And that the importance of that is that we're so used to working on things. Right. And the most important thing I want to share is that it is a shift in awareness that's actually the curative factor. And the shift in awareness does not come because of what we do. It comes because of something that we see in a way we've never seen before. It's the result of a direct experience. And that's what happened for me in 1976. I went into a uh, meditative state, which I used to do every day for 20 minutes or so. And somewhere in the process... Jacob disappeared. I don't know what happened to Jacob, but all that existed, I seemed to disappear, and all there was was clarity. The my eyes were closed. Everything in the room was totally clear to me, but I could not determine from where the seeing was happening. It seemed as though There were eyes throughout the room. And when I opened my eyes after this came out of this meditation, my eyesight was clear. The interesting thing about it is I had had a 300% improvement in my eyesight, but no change at all in the optical measurements of my eyes. In other words, if you examine my eyes, 
the prescription would still be the same. I was nearsighted and had a significant amount of astigmatism, yet I was seeing a whole lot clearer. And so all I could conclude from that experience was that we don't see from the eyes. And so my journey began trying to determine what is the source of the seeing? What is it that is seeing from behind the scenes of our humanity? And that's really been what my journey is about. And, and then in terms of your question about Jonathan Swift, real vision is the ability to see the invisible. You see, when we look, we don't see as much as when we are just there and things catch our eye. So, for instance, I'm looking out a window right now and there's a lot of greenery and trees. Mm -hmm. And so the average person, when they look out into the world and they see solid forms like houses and trees and shrubbery and so on, they believe that that is what vision is. But that's the final stage Mm -hmm. where they're actually seeing a formed expression. Mm -hmm. No, physiologically, is that the eye is designed to detect and respond to a single photon of light. Now, a photon is a non-material something. <laughs> it's basically just a, an infinite potentiality, if you will. What I'm saying is our eyes are designed to see the invisible. We are designed to detect and respond to the formless before it has been rendered into form. So when we say, and when Jonathan Swift said, real vision is the ability to see the invisible, as there is an enhancement in this function we call awareness, Mm -hmm. we begin to see more and more and detect more and more. Let me give you an example. If any of our listeners have been parents, you know that sometimes you get a a little intuition, a flash about one of your children. You pick up the phone, you call them, and all of a sudden your child says, oh, mommy, I was just thinking about you. Mm -hmm. Now, we've all had experiences like that. And we term that intuition or a coincidence or a synchronicity. But that is actually light. What we are responding to are the invisible signals that we call light interacting with our cells. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that? Every cell of the body has eyes that detect and respond to light and light is invisible you cannot see light <clears throat> so the body is designed to detect things well before uh, our senses recognize them as we become in touch with that we begin to see without our eyes we begin to sense without our senses and that's the sensitivity that Jonathan Swift was speaking about. Right, right. 
Yeah, so in energy medicine terms, you know, we are perceiving on this light grid work that's going all over the place that connects us with everything. And uh, It's true. Yeah. Uh, of course, nobody knows exactly what that is. Right. And we use all of these terms that sometimes can be a bit confusing. Right. So what I share with people is don't take anyone else's word for it. Don't believe right. <laughs> You know, don't believe what I'm saying, but if it touches something in you, trust your own direct experience. Mm -hmm. Going to be the most powerful paradigm shifter in your life is your own direct experience. Mm -hmm. I'm merely sharing something that occurred in my life mm -hmm. that literally opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think that once we can clear so much of our things that we're given, you know, fears, anxieties, apprehensions, the more we clear things in our own consciousness, then we can also move into a greater understanding of this universe as light and love and power, you know, that, that it, it, to me, that's how I perceive it. But uh, I love that you said, you know, everybody has to go with their own experience. I totally agree with that. You know, in terms of clearing and so on, again, when we speak about this, the impression that's given is that we have to do something uh -huh. in order for this to occur. But what I'd like to share for your consideration <clears throat> is that there's nothing in the human body that's actually designed to initiate action. <laughs> the whole physical system is a receptive field that is continually receiving guidance from the animating force in the universe, the same force that moves the planets, the tides, the seasons, the same force that beats our heart and breathes us. Uh -huh. And the body is continually responding to that. Mm -hmm. And life has its own way of continually and gradually desensitizing us from these habitual triggers mm -hmm. that you were speaking about at a timing that is perfect for each of us. And so you'll notice, and I, I'm sure our listeners will notice, that every so often we'll meet someone or we'll hear a piece of music and something will get triggered inside mm -hmm. as if that person reminds us of another person at a different time where something was left unresolved or a piece of music brings us to tears because of something. Mm -hmm. Every experience in life is what I call a human homeopathic remedy. It is literally a remedy that is designed to awaken anything that needs to be awoken within us at that instance of time. Not everything is meant to be shed at the same time. The reason that um, the system seems to adapt or protect itself, if you will, from certain experiences is because it deems that that is necessary. And at whatever point 
that is no longer necessary, we will actually have experiences in our life that will give that an opportunity to surface into awareness and to resolve and to literally resolve itself. Just as the body is continually growing new cells, we are continually receiving upgrades to our humanity. Just like your computer gets a software update every so often. Mm. The same thing is occurring in each moment by the light impinging on the body because Mm. every aspect of our physiology is light dependent. As the day changes and we go from day to night, all of our physiology is continually entrained to that day-night rhythm. So when we eat and when we sleep and when we reproduce and when we have our mens and all of these things are related to the light-dark cycle. And so what occurs is that a body is literally running itself. And our life on many levels is designed to be effortless. So just, you know, when the sun comes up in the morning, if you were photographing a flower or a plant, you would notice that when the light impinges on that plant, the plant literally moves to align itself with the sun for optimal reception of the nourishment and guidance that it receives from light. Mm -hmm. The same thing occurs with humans. We Mm -hmm. respond to light just like a plant. Our entire life's process is literally guided by light, not just spiritually. Mm -hmm. So the new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living, is really about the fact that our lives are continually being guided. How are they guided? In the same way as an apple tree is guided to create apples. It may want to create bananas, but it can't. (laughs) It's designed to create apples. Every human being, just like every plant and every animal and every microbe, has a reason or purpose for being. Yeah, and that purpose is guided by the same animating force that guides everything else in, in the universe. And so what's catching our eye and causing us to move in certain directions is all occurring so that we may fulfill our reason for being. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Uh, The way I interpret that, um, just putting it in my own kind of vernacular, would be that we just have to focus on being who we are (laughs) in our totality. And and that brings us to union with that which is living us. I mean, that's another way that I would say that, but I don't know if that sounds right to you. It's not a question of right or wrong. This is a very, very difficult thing to discuss. And the reason it's difficult is that our way of speaking about things is in terms of duality. 
we have to do something or we don't have to do something. But it actually is not a function of duality. It's a function of non-duality. So when we say we have to focus, what that means to me is I have to do something. I have to look at something. I have to focus on something. What I'm attempting to share is that that focusing thing that you're speaking about actually occurs by itself. And any effort to try to focus literally impedes the action. It actually gets in the way. It creates what we call stress. So what I'm, what I'm sharing is that the whole idea, I mean, one of the, I, I share many things in the book, but let's just take one thing, presence. When people speak of presence, they don't actually speak of presence. They speak of something they call being present. You have to be more present to this or to that. But presence is not an active process. It's something that occurs when the light that catches our eye, which causes the eye and body to involuntarily, that means effortlessly, mm-hmm. move towards the light. In other words, when light catches the eye, it moves us automatically to be, to be in a state of presence which that, that, which, with that that requires our attention. Mm-hmm. That occurs by itself. So presence is when light calls us, the movement is automatic towards that which is called. And then in that process, we receive the directive of moving in one way or the other. And the directive that we receive is what we call inspiration. It breathes excitement into us about something new. Of course, the mind immediately says, oh, I just had a great thought. But it had nothing to do with us coming up with a thought. This occurred free of charge. It comes from the intelligence of life, providing the next step in our journey so that, again, we can fulfill our reason for being. So uh, presence is something that occurs when everything lines up. And it's not something that occurs with uh, effort. It's something that naturally occurs effortlessly. Mm -hmm. And so the book is speaking, is attempts to take this whole process where we speak of things in a in an active form and brings them back to the way that the system is actually designed mm-hmm. how do i know that well one there's nothing in our physiology designed to initiate action two everything in this universe functions by the law of parsimony essentially that means a principle of least effort. Everything in this universe originated as light. What is light? Light is the fundamental potential 
for all that is. This is why the Bible speaks of God as light and why physicists speak of light as the fundamental energy from where everything emerges. What's really fascinating is when the Bible speaks of this light that we call God, we say, oh, God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Physicists use different terminology, but when they describe the behavior of light, they describe it as being omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. (laughs) What I'm saying is everything that we experience is solid, including our bodies, including what we call consciousness, Mm -hmm. actually light. Now, that's very important because our actions are the same as the actions of light. So let me share what I mean by that. Light travels at the speed of light, the fastest speed in the universe. What we now know is the body is literally moving at the speed of light internally. That the signals between cells are all happening with an exchange of biophotons. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really important is this. Light has a very interesting behavior. Regardless of where it's going, it always takes the quickest route. <laughs> now, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Humans have this idea that we can do it faster. We can do it better. Or we're doing it too slow. Mm-hmm. That's a nice theory. But it's not actually true. There's no basis in fact for that. Mm-hmm. System mm-hmm. is always functioning at its maximum potential. In each moment, we are more evolved. We have seen more. We have become aware of more. So our life is richer. But in each moment, that light is getting to where it needs to as quickly as it can. So this idea of being more present or doing something else, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It's actually not the way the system is designed. And so we have an expression for that. We say putting a wrench in the works. We literally add glue to the system when we become conditioned to continually try harder. In fact... Every time we think, which is primarily the process of worrying, and we do that in order to try to guarantee that things come out our way, every time we do that, we hold our breath. Every time we put effort into something, we hold our breath. Whenever we hold our breath, we halt momentarily the most fundamental rhythm in the entire universe. Because everything in the universe, including the universe itself, is continually expanding and contracting. Just like our heart, our lungs, our blood vessels, our cells, all of our cellular components, every tree, every animal, the earth itself is a ball that's continually expanding and contracting. Mm -hmm. What we call the respiratory rhythm is not us breathing, 
It's the intelligence of life breathing us, entraining us into that rhythm, which I call the frequency of wellness. It's like the heartbeat of the universe. Anything that we engage in that temporarily halts the breath is actually interfering with the flow of life. Hmm. So anything that is full of effort is actually in opposition to the natural design of the universe and of the human body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said. Oh, and I, you know, I think you're, oh, it's just like resonating. <laughs> it's so true. Um, oh, it's resonating? Oh. Let me tell you why it's resonating, and this is the most important thing that perhaps I'll share today. The reason it's resonating is because there's nothing wrong with us. Exactly. You realize that all of this movement towards doing something, being more, is all from the illusion that there's something broken within us that needs to be fixed. Right. And all I would like to put forth for consideration is... Is it possible that that is not the case? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we are whole, and in each moment we are as whole as we can be, and as we move through life, we become more aware, just as we grow physically like a tree gets bigger. As we move through life, we gradually have more experiences, greater awareness, a greater ability to see deeply into things. Right. You know, just imagine what life would be like if there was nothing wrong. (laughs) I mean, you know, we laugh about that, but... My God, that's such an exquisite possibility. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, You know, we spoke an hour before this interview about having this interview. Uh, You didn't say to me, by the way, this is what I'm going to ask you. I had no idea, nor did I even care. (laughs) We had really not had any conversation to speak of of any depth. But now we find ourselves in the depth of something really, really deep and beautiful and essential to our humanity. Yes. How did all this happen? I don't have my PowerPoint on. Actually, I've never used the PowerPoint. Uh, I didn't plan for anything. Uh Uh-huh. Prepare for anything. I didn't study for the test. (laughs) Is it? How is it that it's coming out so beautifully? Right. You know why it's coming out so beautifully? Because we're not doing anything. It's actually doing us. Yes, yes. You know, you probably remember sometime earlier in your life that you watched something on television and uh, a ventriloquist came on and he or she had their puppet and they would cause the puppet to move its, its mouth, yet the ventriloquist wasn't moving his or her mouth, right. was 
totally you you were just entrained right oh or you were watching um a puppet that was being moved by a hand behind the scenes that you were not aware of mm-hmm. moving so beautifully it captured you right. i'd like your listeners to consider the possibility that all of us are being moved by something and that something is moving all of us in a synchronous dance that we're all part of and even though we think we are each individuals we're actually individual cells right. in the body of the universe right being oh, I... moved each of us to fulfill our job so that the body is healthy and whole and flowing just like what occurs in our own body the reason we remain healthy is that these trillions of cells within us even though they may think they're individuals they're actually just part of a whole mm-hmm. we're part of that same whole so right. the, the the whole concept of i have to make it happen i'm the one creating everything i think we need to step back from that right. right you know there's so much discussion about well if you make the right choices then you can get what you want in the world uh-huh you know that's a very common conversation today mm-hmm. i don't deny any of it but i ask a simple question are you sure mm-hmm. how do you know mm-hmm. have you had this experience do you know anyone who's had this experience did jesus get what he wanted how about ramana maharshi or moses or the dalai lama or martin luther king or gandhi if you look at their lives you will see that their lives were very similar they all had immense stress they all suffered very difficult deaths they all had diseases were they not awake or maybe is something else going on mm-hmm. perhaps difficulty is not a sign that we've made a bad choice right. maybe difficulty is the sign that we're on the right track <laughs> you, you know we laugh about that no it's not when you want to get your clothes clean and you put it in the washing machine and you fill it with water and you add the soap it doesn't get clean what causes it to get clean is agitation and we say it all comes out in the wash <laughs> meaning the agitation of our life is what gets life clean well interestingly enough that same process is occurring in chemistry and physics and biology for any system to expand it has to be disrupted disturbed the status quo is temporarily shattered so when shit happens mm-hmm. it's it's probably a good sign 
not yeah. a bad sign. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that some of the best uh, service or work that I know that I do, and I see this in others, comes out of some kind of difficulty or trauma or tragedy or whatever we would label, you know, uh, that uh, things that don't go our way or that we think are not going our way. What's really happening is there's a breakdown, so there can be a breakthrough into yeah. a greater consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's what's interesting. <clears throat> the reason we know that that's the case because we usually say, "Oh, hindsight is twenty twenty." Right. Well, what does that mean? It means that we notice after the fact that oh, it actually was the way it needed to be. So uh, even the most difficult places in our life, very often years later or months later or moments later, we come to realize something. Oh, my God, that's exactly what needed to occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the imperfections that we label imperfections are actually imperfect divine order or, or perfect order for that particular thing to occur so that we can open our awareness even in, in even a greater way. Uh, yeah, I love this. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take a little break and we'll come back and we'll finish the show, but I'm, I'm very uh, pleased to have Dr. Jacob Lieberman with us. He's a pioneer in the field of light, vision, and consciousness, and he's the author of many books the most recent, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. And we'll be right back. This is Robin White Turtle listening, and the show is Evolved. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, I'm Robin White Turtle Lisney, and I'm glad that you're listening to my show, Evolve. I wanted to let you know about a new book that I have called Mosaic, New and Collected Poems. It's a, a volume of 30 years of poetry uh, that I'm very excited about, and it's being published by Bluebone Books. Uh, in addition to that, I also have Dancing Up the Moon, uh, Living a Sacred Life, uh, more recent books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and Poems for the Lost Deer. All of these books, uh, the last three books, are published by Blue Bone Books. I'm also an energy medicine practitioner, and I am a psychic and a medium. And I've been a radio host on Evolve for a number of years, about five years, where I interview authors on the cutting ed edge of change, authors who are uh, writing innovative things, authors who are exploring uh, new consciousness and also bringing 
old traditions back into the current time to help us uh, at this time of uh, the world. And uh, now we'll go back to the show. Hi, this is Dr. Robin Whitechurtalisni, and the show is Evolve, and I'm with uh, Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman. He is a pioneer in the field of light, vision, and consciousness, and the author of the new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Um, I just love this conversation because I feel that light, and it's all about, to me, light and uh, love. I mean, we can equate the two. Maybe we should talk about that a little, how we equate those two, um, because light is the source, you know, of life, and this incredible dance we have in this planet of the light and the dark, you know, that the seed goes in the earth, it has to be in the dark before it can move toward the light, you know, like it's such a metaphor for our own lives. Well, you see something. Let, 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 let's speak about that a second because this, this is very, very important. The seed goes into the earth and must remain in the dark until it moves towards the light. See, we don't understand what light is. When we look outside, like today, and it's very bright, and you say, that's light. No, that's brightness. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing brightness. We're not actually seeing light. Right. Light is totally invisible. So during the day, we experience that invis- invisible essence as brightness. During the night, we also experience that invisible essence. It's called darkness. <laughs> the difference is that during the day, that brightness allows us to externalize, so see things out there. At night, the darkness and lack of brightness brings us indoors. But there's plenty of light in our dreams. Mm-hmm. Dreams are not in the dark. We actually see our, our dreams in full clarity, in living color, with such precision and such aliveness that sometimes we wake up and we say, oh my God, I thought for sure it was real. Well, it was real. It's just the difference between a night dream or a daydream. They're both essentially the same. So what we call light and darkness, they're exactly the same thing. It's just our perception. Exactly. Exactly the same invisible uh, energy. In terms of light and love and so on, let's just talk about that. We know that the spectrum of energy that we call light, um, we perceive its different segments as color. Color is not out in the world. The color is something we experience just like the brightness within 
our own consciousness or mind. No one knows exactly how that occurs. So I'll do my best to speak about something that we don't really know about. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, when you think about it, there's no forms or colors or tastes or smells out in the world. Right. And if you look in your brain, there's also no place in the brain where there's a color or a smell or a taste. So it's not out there, and it's not in here, and yet it is. So all that really is, all that exists, is actually this, the result of some magic that we don't understand right. that creates this cinematography and multidimensionality. So let's talk about light and love for a second. If your listeners want to take part in this, this would be an interesting piece. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment and think about what your favorite colors are. And then think about what colors you don't like so much. I've come to discover something fascinating about our perception of color our relationship with color. And this is something that I'm going to speak about a lot at the event in Mountain View. Mm-hmm. When the colors that we are comfortable with are, vi- are the vibrational equivalents, the vibrational foundations of the experiences we feel at ease with, The colors that we recoil from or feel uncomfortable with are related to unresolved issues. They may be issues that occurred sometimes during our lifetime. They may be issues that are part of our genetic matrix. Mm -hmm. What I have come to discover is that when we become comfortable with the colors that used to feel uncomfortable we simultaneously become more comfortable with the aspects of life that used to create an allergic reaction that that triggered us. What is the significance of that in terms of light and love? Jesus spoke of this state that you speak of. Mm -hmm. In the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus was quoted as saying, when you see up, as down and down as up. When you see the outside and the inside the same. When you see a man as a woman and a woman as a man, then you shall enter the kingdom. Mm -hmm. In other words, when we no longer see in duality this Mm -hmm. versus that, Mm -hmm. when we see everything equally, we experience what he referred to as truth. And that truth sets us free. Seeing from that place of non-duality sets us free. Not only does it set us free 
in terms of our life experience, but it can very often create profound physical healing. This is what happened to me 42 years ago with my vision. Mm-hmm. I believe that the state that we refer to as spontaneous remission is what occurs when through some grace we enter into a state of no point of view, even momentarily, and our physiology goes back to its default setting. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, incredible possibilities here. And the state that you speak of as love is exactly that state of living a full-spectrum life because we're responding to the full spectrum of light equally. The Zen patriarch, Sengston, said the same thing in slightly different words, but beautifully. Sengston said, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. (laughs) When love and hate are both absent, the world is clear and undisguised. Make the slightest distinction, however, and heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. If you wish to see the truth, hold no opinions for or against anything. To hold what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind. Mm -hmm. Those words are very profound because... Whether you call it the way, whether you call it the kingdom, whether you call it truth that sets you free, or in Hawaii, we call it aloha. What is aloha? The spirit of aloha is the matrix of love, peace, compassion. It's not the act of somebody being loving It is that we are essentially love, peace, and compassion. Right. So when the the light, the spiritual light, traverses our being, just like sunlight going through a pane of glass, and when there are no imperfections in that pane of glass, all the light that impinges one side exits through the other. When there are no feelings of right or wrong or what we call beliefs, Mm -hmm. then what happens is the spiritual light traversing our being moves through us effortlessly. And that's what we call enlightenment. Right. It's just lit up. Right. (laughs) You see this in babies. Yeah. And they haven't sat at the foot of any gurus. Right. They just come in that way. Right. That is our default setting. Yeah. It's really (laughs) delightenment. It's true. (laughs) But, you know, this is a lot of what the new book is speaking about um, it's it's really a manual on living um, in hopes of sharing truth beyond opinion 
right. some very fundamental pieces that have come uh, during my 70 years. There are some pieces in there that are crucial to breathing and vision and yeah. using color and um, the things that just reading the book I think will cause many people to, to have a realization. And I that realization, it. that epiphany, that awareness is what creates the big shift. Right. So right. this time uh, in California, the first part of my, uh, my book tour um, is about um, connecting with people because there is nothing more essential than what is occurring between us right now. Right, right. It's just two people of the same height mm -hmm. just sharing light, sharing love, sh sharing things that are essential to both of us. Right. I feel that the human connection is essential. So I'm drawn to take this message to the people um, because that's what I'm guided to do. So my only response to this guidance is always the same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about your tour now because you are, you are on a book tour and you're going to be at East West Bookshop uh, next week. Is that right? Yes, I will be there. <clears throat> Let's see. I will be uh, at East West Books on the 16th. The evening of the 16th, I will do a free public presentation and book signing. Uh -huh. And then on the 17th, uh, it'll be exciting. I'm doing a four-hour uh, workshop. Uh, I think it's from either 11 to 3 or 11.30 to 3.30. Right. Uh, what's exciting about it is I don't plan anything. <laughs> the whole thing is live, really, really live. And so it gets into, it's not presenting information. It's an, it's an interchange of wisdom. Uh, it's an exchange of wisdom. It's a, a living conversation. And um, um, so exciting. <laughs> I um, so the if people go to eastwest.com, they can see the schedule, and he'll be there next Friday and Saturday. And then you're also, are you at the Whole Life Expo this weekend? That's also Life Expo in uh, Los Angeles. Uh -huh. I'll be speaking and doing a keynote address Saturday morning, uh -huh. the 10th of February, from 10 to 11.30, followed uh -huh. by book signing. If... If people go to jacoblieberman.org, and my last spelled L-I-B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N, on the events page is my entire West Coast book tour, where I'll be, the dates, and so on, uh, in mm -hmm. case it's near some of your listeners. But yes, I'm in Los Angeles now, and mm -hmm. I'm excited about this um, presentation. I'm excited about every every possibility because I keep meeting new people and um, and I, I just uh, I'm feeling just wonderfully received and I feel so sweet just being with all these folks because 
we're all on the same we're we're all in the same boat. Right. And thank God we're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating to um to connect with people that are doing the same similar work, you know, trying to help people see that they're fine the way they are and that we just have to open up to that reality and be with what is and we move and we move quickly into more light, more life, more love. It's it's a, yeah. it's a wonderful place to be. <laughs> so, well, I, I love our conversation, uh, Dr. Lieberman. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find out more about him at uh, jacoblieberman.org, and it's L-I-B-E-R-M-A-N. And uh, he is the pioneer in the field of light, vision, and consciousness, and the author of the new book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Uh, he's also uh, published other books, Light, Medicine of the Future. You have a, a section uh, I see in Light Years Ahead um, that was a compilation of collection of different light, uh, uh, writing about light and vision and uh, spirituality. So it's been a delight talking to you, and uh, I thank you so much for this interview. And uh, I hope to meet you in person one of these days. <laughs> I hope so, and uh, I hope we all have a grateful day. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, be well. Okay. All right, sure. thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. This is uh, Dr. Robin Weicher to listen and the show is evolved. Great, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. That was a lively and exciting conversation, a good way to begin the day. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's uh, delightful to talk to you. And uh, uh, I, we, I see by your bio that we've, you know, I've, I've been at ICEAM and we're, we've, our paths have crossed in a number of